holy God. We worship You for Your goodness and Your kindness, for seeing us in our affliction and not being satisfied to just telling us to try harder, but coming down Yourself. Addressing our problem with Your solution. Addressing our sin with Your righteousness. Addressing our our death by Your resurrection. And so we praise You, O God, and we ask, O Lord, that You do mighty works in and through this place. That from the bottom of our souls, we would be able to see, feel, and know that You have won the victory and that You did it all for Your glory and for my joy. For we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So grateful to see you guys. Welcome to Resurrection Sunday. Um, I was having a conversation with my wife. And she said this to me. I won't forget it. She goes, you hear me, but you don't feel me. You ever had a conversation like that? You hear me, but you don't feel me. It's an interesting phrase. You know what my wife knew? She knew that when you and I communicate to others, that there's a response that we're looking for from them. Now, if you have a spouse, you know this, right? If you're trying to talk to your husband or you're trying to talk to your wife, and you're going, you know, you're, you're, you're communicating them, you're saying, listen, I, I don't want you to just hear what I'm saying. I want you to feel what I'm saying. I don't want you to just hear. I want you to heart. I want you just to listen. I want a reaction from you. Um, children, you'll see this. If you have kids, you'll, you'll notice that your kids, when they're trying to negotiate their curfew, you know, from 10 o'clock at night to 6 o'clock the following morning, when they're trying to negotiate that, uh, when they're trying to negotiate that curfew, they'll go, they don't want you to just hear what they're saying. They want you to do something about it. Change the curfew. Uh, when, it, when you're, uh, it's the same thing when you're with your boss and you're going, hey, I'm working long hours and I'm uh, uh, giving you the best uh, time that I have and I'm, uh, you know, I'm working really hard. You don't want him just to hear what you're saying. You want him to respond to what you're saying. See, that's something that we all understand. When you and I communicate something important and passionate to us, we're not looking for an ear. We're looking for a heart. We're looking for a response to what's being said. Now, whether you're in a, whether you're in a situation with your boss, or in a conversation with your kids, or in an argument with your uh, spouse, every time you communicate something passionate to you, you're looking to get a response. You want to go from hearing to heart. From just listening to response. Best illustration I ever heard of that principle was from Tim Keller and his wife. Tim Keller's a pastor in New York. He was planting a church. And when you plant a church, um, it just consumes all your time. Believe me, I know. And so, uh, he, he was like three years into this church plant. And he, his wife, for three years, was saying, you're not spending enough time with the kids. You're not spending enough time with me. You're not giving this family the attention that it deserves. 
And he was like, okay, I know, but once we're out of this season, then I'll be able to spend more time with the kids. She was like, she's saying this for three years. Listen, the kids are growing older. You're never going to get six years old again. You're never going to get eight years old again. You're never going to get nine years old. Years telling him. And so one day, she's on the deck of their apartment. They have a little deck. And she took the china that they gave to them for... uh they don't do this much anymore, but does anybody still have this? Where you get, like, when you get married, you get china. You know, it's like really nice place that you, plates that you only bring out for, like, you know, special guests, right? Not when I come over. Me, I get the paper plates. But for the special guests, you put out your fine china. And so, uh, so they had the, the, the fine china, and so she, she's on the deck, and she's starting to throw pieces of the fine china on the floor. It's crashing on the ground, breaking. So he hears this crashing, Tim Keller does, and he runs to the deck and he goes, honey, he sees the china, he sees the broken china, he sees his wife holding up a china, she's about ready to throw it. She goes, honey, what are you doing? She goes, Tim, I've been trying to tell you that you are not spending enough time with your children, that you're missing their lives and you are not loving us well. But you can't hear me. And she threw another piece of china. And he was like, I hear you. I hear you. Please, come and stop breaking the china. Now, some of you wives just got an idea. Um, I want you to know, clearly, that only works once. Okay? And so choose wisely when you'll use it, although I don't recommend it. Um, but now he was listening. Listen to me. We know... That when we're communicating with someone, something we're passionate about, we want a response from them. Do you know that God feels the same way about what he communicates to you? What God communicates to you, he doesn't just want you to hear, Oh, I hear you. I hear, no, 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 no. But do you feel me? God says. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Jesus, Easter, tomb, Peter. John, go, oh yeah, yeah, I get that, yeah, yeah. Church, right, sometimes, I get it, I get it, right. No, 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 I know you hear me. Listen, listen, listen. Do you feel me, Jesus would say. Do you feel me? It's to that that we're going to give ourselves in this uh, today. As we listen to this talk. I want you to understand that by the end of this service, God is going to be calling you to a response. Nothing up my sleeves. Here's what's going to happen. At the end of this service, I'm going to ask you to s- submit your life to the authority of Jesus Christ. I'm going to say, I want you to commit to making Jesus the boss of your body. That's coming. By the way, it's at the end of the service. So if you want to leave, now's a good time. Right? <laughs> but it's coming. It's coming. And so I, I don't want you to be surprised. I'm not trying to manipulate your emotions. I'm not trying to do anything. Jesus is speaking. And He's speaking over the course of time into your hearts and saying, what I have to give to you, what I have to share with you, is too important for you to just hear. I need you to feel me. So, Jesus is going to speak to us about the way we hear. And Jesus knows that when He When he tells us about the way we hear, he knows that we don't hear with our ears. We hear with our hearts. Isn't it true? Isn't it true that um, if you're really angry 
at like a boyfriend or a girlfriend or your friend. Like if you're really angry with them, isn't it true that they could come in and say, hey, you know, I got an uncle that died and left me a million dollars. I'm going to put it in your account. You're like, whatever. Right? Right? You know, it's just, you don't, you can't hear someone you're angry at. Isn't it true? You know, I think you look beautiful in that dress. Whatever. You know, I think, hey, you did great, honey. Yeah, whatever. Because when we're angry with someone, we can't hear them. Conversely, conversely, you've been in, in relationships, right? Where he meant you no good. And she meant you no good. You know that boyfriend or that girlfriend that you just was so in love with because they looked so cute in that dress or they drove that car? You know what I'm talking about, right? And all your friends come up to you and say, they're no good for you, but you're like, oh, have you seen them? Right? And you're like smitten with them and you're just like, you know, and you can. So when you love someone, you can deeply hear them. And when you don't love someone, there's different hearts that we listen with, is what I'm saying. Jesus, in the text that we're going to look at, is going to explain to you the heart that you're listening to him with. And my, I'm begging you, listen, please. There's a heart to listen to Jesus with that is going to benefit you and is going to bless you. So, we have like a, a few traditions here at our uh, congregation. One of the traditions that we have is that when we read God's word, we stand to our feet because he's like awesome and holy and wonderful. And God's word is so much more than your opinion or my opinion. It's his word. Imagine, this is coming from the lips of God. So, one of the things we do is we stand. So, we're going to read God's word. So, please, be on your feet. And then, we're going to read together. Now, we're going to read, you're going to read verses 1 through 9 with me. Then I'm going to read verses 18 to 23 on my own. You got it? What's your part? Verses? Right. And what's my part? 18 to 23. So if you have... Now watch this. If you didn't bring your Bible, if you look in your bulletin, we have uh, the scriptures written right there. If you're over 40 and you need bigger font, we have the screen up here. Okay? Alright. It's, it's, it's just for you. Okay. We've been thinking about you. We've been thinking about you. Okay. So, on the count of three, on the count of three, we're going to read it together. And we're going to ask God to help us. Remember, you're reading 1 through 9, and then I'm going to read 18 through 23. Count of 3. 1, 2, 3. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. The birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. Let me read. Now, let me read this. 
Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. This is Jesus speaking. He's explaining his own parable. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in the heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the one who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since it has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of the wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. May God bless the hearing and the reading of his word. Please have a seat. Okay. So Jesus is saying that you hear with your heart. And it all depends on where your heart is if you're going to hear what Jesus has to say. Now, he, he illustrates this with four different types of soil. He says, you know, your soil is kind of like farming, uh, your heart rather, is kind of like farming soil. Your heart is like farming soil. And what that means is that you can compare it to the two and see sort of an analogous comparison between the two. And then he says, he goes, so here are the four types of hearts. Now, there's one thing that I want you to understand. That no matter where the seed fell, the seed was always the seed. The seed is the word of God. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ, which, by the way, I'm going to explain to you in just a few minutes. It's God's, it's the Bible in a nutshell. It's the gospel. And Jesus says, when that gets scattered, right, the sower, you know who that is? Whenever you read a parable, always ask yourself this question. Hey, where's God? What's the point? Who am I? Where's God? What's the point? Who am I? That's whenever you read a parable of Jesus, always ask those three questions. Where's God? Who am I? What's the point? Well, where's God? God is the sower of the seed. He's the one who, who uh, throws the gospel into your heart. It's the reason why you're here. You think you're here because that really cute girl from the office invited you and you said, Hey, I want to, you know, if it takes Sunday to come, I'll, you know, just to get with her, I'll be happy to come to a service and endure the really good looking pastor um, sermon. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Or, some of you, you came because your spouse said, if you don't come, it is, you know, tonight's not going to be a good night, right? (laughs) Or, maybe you just feel like this is something that you do on Easter, it's tradition, it's family. I don't know why you're here, but I know not everybody. You know, we all, I came to church for all sorts of reasons, But Jesus is saying, the reason that you're here ultimately is because I wanted you here. Jesus wants you here. And there's a seed, there's a message that he wants to germinate in your heart. He wants it to go down deep. But before I tell you what the seed is and what the gospel is, we've got to look at your heart. And I want you to decide, because you already have a heart, that you, uh, whether it's whatever one, whichever one Jesus explained, and I want you to decide which one is, is it going to be. So let me tell you about the first one. The first heart is the heart along the path. 
It's the one... Now, you have to understand, roads weren't created in Jesus' day the way they're created today, right? Asphalt, big machines, you know, two weeks later, you have a smooth road that you could drive your car on. The way roads were created is that there was just dirt, grass, you know, fields everywhere, and people walked in a particular path, and as they walked down that path, their feet, the feet of the animals, packed in the dirt. And so it was like concrete. You know, those are the paths that they had. Jesus says, some of your hearts are like this. They're hard. Maybe you grew up in church, and you're like, oh, you know, my dad was real religious, and my mother was real religious, and they divorced, and things went wrong, and you had all sorts of pain to ascribe to Jesus because of... And so now your heart is hard. Maybe, maybe you went to that college class, and you took philosophy 101, and the professor said things that were... Uh, that, that made the Bible look silly and Jesus as, as relevant as Thor. And you just said, you know what? This professor, he's got a lot of letters behind his name. He probably knows best. And you just checked your brains at the door and you accepted whatever he gave you. And, and because of that, you look, and you're here because, you know, whoever invited you or whatever reason or it's tradition or it's family or whatever, but your heart is hard. You can't receive the seed of the gospel. Maybe. Maybe some of you, bad, bad things happened. And you just couldn't, you couldn't understand how a loving God could allow such a thing to happen. And so you just, your heart is hard. You don't want to hear anything about God. And some of you, some of you have philosophies and thoughts and ideas about God that they're your own and you're not going to change them for anyone and that's just the way it's going to be. Jesus would say, your heart is hard. You can't feel me. Don't, don't be like that. Decide, I'm going to be open. Listen, everybody's always saying, have an open mind. Listen, be open. Because the king of the universe has a message for you. And he's sending a special delivery to your heart. Don't have a hard heart. The Bible says that when we have a hard heart, the birds of the air, did you remember reading it? That when that the, soil, the, the seed that fell on the, the path, birds of the air came up and swooped it up. And the bird, Jesus explains, is the devil. And so what happens is the seed of the gospel is going to get sown in your heart in just a few minutes. And the devil is going to go, that's full of crap. He ain't talking to you. Yeah, but what about... He's going to snatch it up before it ever gets a chance to germinate. Don't let the devil do it. Soften your heart. There's the heart that's on the path. You know, there's the other heart. Remember, do you remember the other heart? The other heart was the rocky, shallow soil. So here's what would happen. So there would be like this shallow soil, you know, not too thick. And then um, Jesus says that the seed that falls on this soil receives it with joy. It's like totally elated. It's like, wow, Jesus is glorious. He died for my sin. He paid for me to have relationship with God. I'm so excited. And man, the first week you're buying a Bible and you're putting your bumper sticker on your car and you're like, you know, and you're like, you know, you're coming in early and you're getting the song and you're going like, hallelujah. You're into it and like you don't care and you're inviting all of your friends and it's exciting times. It's exciting times. And, and, and you know what happens? You know what happens? Then something negative happens. 
you hit a brick because life happens. And your spouse gets sick and your kid dies and your job fires you and your spouse leaves and something that you weren't expecting. And you know what the Bible says about the seed that fell on the rocky soil? It sprouted up quickly, but when the sun came with its heat, it burned it up. Because it had no roots to go deep. By the way, we're starting a series next week called Roots to help you grow deeper and help you have joy in Christ. You don't want to miss that, believe me. So, it says it sprouts up quickly, but and then it gets burnt. You know why, what's, what was wrong with these people? They never wanted a savior. They wanted an employee. They wanted someone who would take orders from them and do exactly what they wanted to do. Jesus, you did not work on my marriage fast enough. Jesus, you did not heal my body fast enough. Jesus, you did not. Jesus, Jesus, you, you didn't do what I wanted you to do. You're fired. Because they don't understand that, listen to me, listen to me, that the reward for following and knowing Jesus is Jesus. And you got caught up with, well, if I love Jesus, I'm supposed to be prosperous. If I love Jesus, I'm supposed to be healthy. If I love Jesus, my car is always supposed to turn on and my family is always supposed to be fine. And my kids are always supposed to be healthy and safe. And my husband is always supposed to speak nice. And my relationships are always supposed to be good. And what you don't understand is that life happens both to the Christian and the non-Christian. The only difference is the Christian's got company in Christ. But you didn't, you didn't want to get saved. And, and for some of you, I just explained your story, didn't I? That's why this is the first time you've been to church in like 15 years or 8 years or whatever it is, right? It's cool. It's cool. I'm glad you're here. Hey, listen. This is not just a, this is not just a story of four different soils. It's the story of the same person in four different stages of their life. So maybe you had a hard heart. Maybe you had a shallow heart. And it's like God didn't provide for you the way you wanted to. And that's it. You're out of here. I'll show you, God. Shallow. But then there's another type of soil. This soil is interesting because it's the one that's most difficult to evaluate. See, this soil the seed falls on, Jesus tells us. And when the seed falls in this soil, it starts to grow. And it starts to mature. And it starts to do things that you would go, oh, wow, that's a Christian. That's a person who loves Jesus. They, they, they love Jesus. They're kind. They're merciful. And all this other stuff. But watch this. Thorns, thistles, and briars all start growing around them. You know what weeds and thorns do? They soak up the, um, the, the, the soil, the energy, not the energy, the, um, the nutrients from, thank you. It's, we're doing this together. Thank you. Um, <laughs> It's they, they soak up the nutrients of the soil, which chokes the plants around them. That's why if you have weeds or thorns, you want to pluck those suckers out if you have a garden. And Jesus says that those thorns are the deceitfulness of riches and the desires and concerns of their hearts. So here's what it is. Jesus is God in their life, but he's a God among other gods. You know what I mean. When I say God among other gods, your God is the, is the thing that you look to 
for pleasure, for your identity, and that you will obey. That's your God. So if he says, hey, why don't we, and, and no, no guy speaks like this, but if he says, hey, why don't we just sort of overlook your morals, overlook the, your, your, you know, your standards, and let's just sin. You go, well, God is my God, but he's my God, and you get choked out by the weed. If the boss says, hey, listen, um, you're going to have to be on 24-7. You're not going to be able to have time to go to that Bible study and you're not going to be able to have time to go to church. Right? This is all about, you have wealth on your mind. And, you say, and there's nothing wrong with wealth. Make as much as you like. I mean, you know, fantastic. Come here and donate it, you know. Um, um, yeah, but, but if it starts to choke out your relationship with Jesus, if, if, you have, if, you're, if you're in your room, and there are hours that you're spending, or maybe in your office, or maybe somewhere private, and you're clicking on things. And it's just draining you. See, it's very possible that you want to know Jesus more, but you can't because you're choked. You're choked. God is not your God. That's your God. It's your God. He's your God. She's your God. They're your God. Maybe For some of you, it's the approval of others. For other, yeah, I can kind of go on. You get what I'm saying, right? It's, it's the heart that is choked out. What are your other concerns? What are your other worries? What are the other gods that compete with the one true living God in your life? But those are the three hearts. Now, I want you to know that these three hearts that Jesus says, neither of these know Jesus. Not really. This one looks the closest like a real Christian, but it's not really. They're consumed. They, watch this. They don't see growth and miracles in their own life. They don't see, you know why? Because it's all about the Benjamins, or it's all about her, or it's all about it. It's all about them. It's all about that. It's all about the next pleasure, the next thing, the next. It's never about glorifying Jesus. Those are the three hearts. But then Jesus says, gratefully, he says, ah, then some seed fell on good soil. And here's what happened. The seed, the roots went deep. And the fruitfulness came up. Ah, and they lived a life with Christ that produced fruit. Isn't it true that we all want meaningful lives Nobody wants a meaningless life. I, this is especially, men, listen to me. Isn't it true that you want purpose in your life and meaning? Nobody wants to be forgotten six months after they're dead, right? Like six months after the dead, life goes on like you never were here. Nobody wants that. And I've never, and by the way, part of my job is to sit by the, by the bed of people who are going to die in just a few minutes. And whenever I'm sitting by that deathbed, I've never heard, bring me my bank account. Bring me, my, bring me my checks. Bring me my bank account. I've never heard, you know, give me, give me those, those uh, people that I con- conquered sexually. I've never heard, you know what I want? Get my car. Get, my, get the keys to my cars. I've never heard that. It's always significance that people are looking for. Jesus says, significance happens when I'm at the helm of your life, when I'm the driver of your soul, when I'm the boss of your body. Significance happens. Fruit happens. Fruit happens. And so he says, this heart, 
receives the gospel and responds to it, and other people's get blessed because of it. Isn't that cool? Other people receive joy. And what I love is that Jesus says it happens a hundredfold, sixtyfold, and thirtyfold. I love that because I'm a thirtyfold Christian. I'm just their average, ordinary, run of the mill Christian. And I have like, you know, do you ever envy anybody about anything? I, I, do, I do that all the time. I go, oh, I wish I could be like that person. Oh, I wish I could look like that. I wish I could act like that. I wish I could do that. I wish I could be there. And, and Jesus says, you know what, Edwin? You are a 30 fruit Christian or 30, you know, fold Christian. And I'm just crazy about you. Isn't that cool? And you could be a 30-fold Christian. Or maybe you're sitting here and you're like a 100-fold. You're like a dynamo for Jesus. And he goes, you're a 100-fold Christian. And I'm crazy about you. Because it's his love. It's not a, it's not a warped, silly love. It's a genuine, beautiful, godly love. This is, so, here's my question to you. Have you decided what heart you're going to have when I tell you the gospel? What heart is it going to be? Are you so smart? Is your professor still calling the shots in your life? Is your philosophy still calling the shots? Is your wonder about the consequences of responding to the gospel still calling the shots in your life? You know, the, the, you're the people, when I say you wonder about the consequences, the people who say, yeah, but if I become a Christian, I, I, I'm afraid I'm going to pass, have to pass out rice in China or something like that, right? That's like the people tell me, I'm like, dude, I doubt God is going to send you to China, but if he does, he'll give you the rice, so it'll be okay. All right? And, and so, you'll be just fine. But have you decided? Listen to me. Are you, are you going to be a hard-hearted person? Are you going to tell, are you going to give God the Heisman Trophy and say, you know what, God? I want absolutely nothing to do with you. I, you know what, God? I am smarter than you. I know better than you. Are you going to be hard-hearted? Are you going to be shallow and say, woohoo, and get hooked on a feeling, and then the moment that stuff happens in life, you're just going to run away from Jesus because that's just the way you wanted it? You didn't want a savior, you wanted an employee? Are you going to be the Christian who's consumed by other things, him, her, it, that, they, them? Or are you going to be, have you decided which soil you're going to be? Because I'm going to tell you the gospel right now. Here's the gospel in a nutshell. You ready? I'm going to give you it in two parts, but I've got to give you the first part first. Here it is. You ready? You ready? It's good news. You ready? You don't look ready. Are you ready? You're ready? Okay, great. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. You ready? You're worse than you think. That's it. Okay, everybody, go home. Thank you. God bless you. Yeah. Listen to me. You're worse than you think. You're worse than you think. I need that to sit there. And you go, no, because you're hard-hearted. You go, no, I'm a good person. I, don't tell me that. I'm a good... No, listen, 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 listen. I'm not a good person. So I'll just, I'll ask you to join my club. I'm not a good person. Listen to me. Why don't we look at morality 101 to find out if you're a good person? Because the only time I ever think I'm a good person is when I compare myself to someone who's worse off than me. Right? You know what the alcoholic says? At least I'm not a pothead. <laughs> You know what the pothead says? At least I don't do coke. You know what the cokehead says? Well, at least I'm not smoking crack. You know what the crackhead says? At least I'm not shooting heroin. You just kind of go on and on with that, don't you? You know what the heroin addict says? It says, at least I'm not doing that drug that people be eating each other over. The, the, the cannibal drug, what was it? Anybody know what the name of that? 
Okay, y'all all knew that too quick. That's scary. Okay, for real. We might need to go into counseling right now, really. How did you know the name of that drug? Okay, so everybody always compares themselves to someone they know is worse off than them to make them look good. Everybody, that's why everybody thinks that they're good. But listen to me. Listen, this is big. We're not good. And if you don't believe me, we'll have a a minute and a half test. You ready for the test? Here it is. We're going to take morality 101 for you college kids who like that sort of thing. Morality 101 is... The Ten Commandments. That's not the height of morality. That's the basic foundation of human morality. Right? Don't kill nobody. Okay. Right? That's not so hard. Right? Okay. So let's look at one of the Ten Commandments. Have you ever lied? Yeah, maybe once. Right? Maybe twice. In the last hour. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. So now watch this. If you've lied before, what does that make you? And, and, and some of y'all are not so quick to answer. You're like, blah, 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 blah. That makes me human. That's what it is. And to you, I would go, yes, that's true, but it also makes you a specific type of human. A liar. And you go, no, I'm not accepting that. Yeah, I get it. You, got, you, have, you have a hard heart. And I want to help break that up for you. Listen to me. Listen to me. How many people do you have to kill before you're considered a murderer? How many lies do you have to say before you're considered a liar? Just one. Just one. All right, so you're a liar. Okay, we all accept that. All right, great. Okay, have you ever taken anything without telling the owner that you were perhaps retrieving it for yourself? Maybe it was pens at work, maybe, or rather pens from the bank or staples from work. Have you ever, have you ever taken any, right, right, some of you, right, like, you know, uh, uh, right, okay, so, okay, so now watch this, watch this. When you take stuff that doesn't belong to you, what does that make you? Thief. A borrower, right, yeah, yeah, there you go, right. A borrower with clauses that never bring it back. Right, that's what it makes you. No, it makes us a thief, right? And you go, no, 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 I'm not a thief. Stop saying that I'm a good person. No, 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 listen, well, we, you just said you're a liar, so I'm not going to take what you say now. And so, no, no, watch this. So watch this. We're looking at two commandments. We're not doing, this is not, we're not going super deep, right? I'm not talking about honor your mother and father, right? And that, I think, is pretty shallow. But let's just, as shallow as it have you ever lied before? Lie, yeah, I'm a liar. Have you ever taken anything that doesn't belong? Yeah, I'm a thief. Okay. The Bible says that when uh, you have sex outside of marriage, that that is either one of two things, either called fornication or adultery. You ever have sex outside of marriage? Right? Fornication uh, Fornication is having sex with someone who's not married and you're not married. And then um, adultery is when you're married and you have sex outside of that marriage, right? Have you ever done any of those two? Right? Now, for those of you who are feeling pretty pious right now, Jesus came by and said, if you look at a person lustfully, you've committed adultery in your heart. Oh, dear. There goes that Maxim subscription, right? And so, okay. So now watch this. So here's the deal. Here's the deal, right? And some of you aren't laughing. I understand. 
I totally get it. This is serious stuff. Watch this. So you're, you die, because you're going to die. You know this, right? It's going to happen. Like, it's an inevitability. We don't like to talk about it, but it's going to happen. So you die. You come before the king of the universe who made you. And he says, why should I let you into my heaven? And you go, because I'm a good person. And he goes, well, you admitted that you are a lying, thieving adulterer. And that's just three of ten commandments. So we look at that and we say, wait, maybe I'm not a good person. Maybe. First part of the gospel is this. You're worse than you think. If we thought of it a little bit longer, we'd all be in tears. Of the lies and the, that we've told, the hearts that we've broken, the betrayals that we've committed. Not that we're committed against us, that we've committed. We would all be in tears. You are worse than you think. I love God because he calls him like he sees him. You are worse than you think. And you're more loved by Christ than you can imagine. That's the whole gospel. The first part is you're worse than you think. And the last half is, but you're more loved than you can imagine. You're worse than you think. And you're more loved than you can imagine. God sees you in your griminess. God sees you in your dirt. God sees you in your filth. And he says, but I'm crazy about you. Come to me. So you go, but no, 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 you don't understand. My sin is too great. My, my, the stuff that I've done is too horrible. I can't have a relationship with God. And God goes, you're right. It's true. So I'll do something that you can't do. I'll live the life. Jesus came down. He's God in the flesh. And I'll live the life that you should have lived, but you did not. Then I'll die the death that you deserve to die, but don't have to because Jesus died the death for you. For all of your lies, for all of your stealing, for all of your fornicating, Jesus died for your sin. And he says, but that's not enough because I'm going to defeat the greatest aspect of sin. I'm going to defeat it in plain view of the whole world so that you know that your sin is not so deep that Jesus is not deeper still. That your shame is not so great that Jesus is not greater still. That your guilt is not so powerful that Jesus can't rupture that guilt with all of his grace and goodness. He says, I'm going to Rise from the grave to show you that nothing's too tough for me to conquer. And so, that's the gospel. And Jesus says, now would you stop being the boss of your life? Would you let me be the boss of your life? You've been the shot caller for too many years. You've been, listen, don't, don't have the the hard heart. Don't have the shallow heart. Don't have the thorny heart. Have the good soil. Jesus says, I give my life for you. I rose from the grave. And so here's what Jesus does with your heart. Because you can't change your heart. Only He can change your heart. And that might have to be your first prayer. Jesus, change my heart. And Jesus went on a long road to Golgotha. A path that He had to walk to die for your sins. You know these pebbles that are in your heart. Jesus had a far larger stone rolled away on his gravesite and blew it out of the water so he can take care of the rocky thorn, the rocky soil in your life. If he could move a stone like that. 
You know, these thorns that cripple you. Jesus took a thorn of crowns on his head saying that it will let me to bleed but give you freedom. You don't have to be run by your, your life doesn't have to be run by your addictions and your consumptions and your concerns. I can give you the good soil and water it with the blood of my sacrifice for you. Jesus says, I'll do, I'll do it for you. So, what's it going to be? Are you going to still have that hard heart? Are you going to say, yeah, but... Listen to me. Everybody has questions. I still have questions. And quite frankly, my questions are better than yours. I'm not kidding. I do this for a living. I, I do this for a living. I have deeper and more interesting questions than you got. Y'all have eight questions that I always say, well, God is good, why is there evil in the world? And it kind of goes on from those eight, right? And it's just like, you know, you know, I could tell you some, I could ask, give you some questions. Here's my point. My point is we're always going to have questions. God doesn't ask us to walk with Him uh, without questions. If God asked us to walk with Him without questions or without any doubt, that would be called math. God says, walk by faith. You know what faith is? Faith is having enough evidence to be able to pursue Christ in the same... It's not incredulity. It's not an absence of evidence. It's not an ignoring the evidence that's there. Here's the first piece, and Jesus goes, Exhibit A. You're not sure if Jesus is God. You're not sure if there is a God. Jesus says, I said that there was God. Oh yeah? Well, what's your proof? Uh, let's see. Got out from a grave after three days? It's like pretty powerful. Jesus is God. He wants to be yours. Won't you have him? So, you have that yellow card with you. Do you have that yellow card? Would you get it out and just kind of wave it towards me? Get your yellow card out. Now, for those of you who are here and are new, I want you to fill out as much as you feel comfortable with. I promise, I promise that we will not call you to ask for money more than twice a week. Okay? I'm kidding. We're not going to do that. No, I promise we won't ask you for money. I, I, we've never done that, not once. And we've been doing this for a long time. So you got your yellow cards. You got them out, right? Now ask, I want you to be honest. Are you going to be one of these three soils? I just want you to say, hey, you know what? I'm just a, a hard-hearted, I have the hard heart. I don't want anything to do with Jesus. I'm not going to. Or, and, and by the way, if you don't have it, you could raise your hand and the ushers will bring you a yellow card. You got it? Everybody, this is an all-skate. Everybody's got to play. Alright? Okay. Alright. Are you going to say, no, I have shallow soil? Are you going to say, no, I have thorny soil? Are you going to say, you know what? I'm going to receive Jesus Christ today. And I'm going to, by His grace, going to live for Him. The musicians are going to come up. And as they come up, we're going to close. But listen to me. We're almost done. We're almost done. Which, if you've ever been to any of these services with me, you know that I mean we're about halfway there when I say that. I'm kidding. We are, we are almost done. Um, okay. So, now, listen, pay attention. This is really big. Remember how we said in the beginning that when we communicate, we look for a response? That that's true of you? It's also true of God? This is the part of your response. Are you just going to go, oh yeah, Jesus is cool. He's like my homeboy. He's great. I like him. I visit him on occasion even. I even think of him on time to time. Or are you going to say, you know what? I'm done playing games with God. Jesus is going to be the King, the God, the Lord of my life. Listen to me. He'll do the work in you. Now, 
I want you to know the work that he's going to do next week. You do not want to miss next week. We start the series Roots, and we're going to teach you how to grow deeper and even answer some of your questions about what it means to be a Christian. We're going to answer those questions. And you're going to, it's, a, it's a series based on having fruitfulness and joy in your life. And don't you just want that? Don't you want significance and joy in your life? I know I do. Okay. So, on the yellow card, you have a place where it says, my decision today, I think. And so, I want you to fill out as much as you feel comfortable with, your name, uh, phone number, email address, whatever it is. But if you want to receive Christ as Lord and Savior, and this is what it means, I'm a sinner. Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner and that you saved me from my sin. I, expect, I accept your salvation for me. And I surrender my life to you. I'm not a good person, but I can be a forgiven person. That's, it's yours to do. So, in about a one minute, I'm going to ask for those of you who wrote down... Uh, whether you were good soil. For those of you who wrote down what you were good soil. You know what? I want to receive Jesus. Jesus, do the work in my heart. Now, if, you've, if you're receiving Jesus for the first time, what I mean by receiving Jesus, if you're acknowledging Jesus as Lord and as Savior, you're saying, you know what? Jesus is King. He's King. I want you to put down good soil. But I'm going to ask you to stand because I want you to make a pro- public proclamation. And you go, oh no, but the people around me. Listen. They don't listen. They won't be with you when you see God face to face. Please make a wise choice. Please. It's an opportunity for you to receive Christ. Yes, be the boss of my body. I'm going to live for Jesus. I don't know what that means, but I'm going to come next week and I'm going to I'm going to start this series where I could learn what that means in a deeper way. So, Christ did all the work. He lived the life that you should have lived, but did not. He died the death that you deserve to die, but don't have to. And He rose from the grave so that you could have everlasting life. Your sins could be forgiven. A place in heaven and a purpose for living. Isn't that a good deal? It's a good deal. He does all the work, we get all the joy. That's for you. So, in 30 seconds, I'm going to ask you to stand. I want you to already, I know you're arguing, you're fighting in your head. You don't know if you're going to do it. I want you to stand. Yeah, but what about the people next to me? I don't want you to think about the people next to you. I just want you to stand. Now, I'm going to do it in 15 seconds. It's coming. You feel it? I don't want you to argue yourself out of it. I don't want you to be shallow soil or hard soil or thorny soil. I want you to stand because Jesus is Lord. Now, those of you who have already received Christ, you don't have to stand again. Maybe you just need to recommit your heart to Christ and just say, hey, you know what? Jesus is Lord in my soul. I just recommit my heart to Jesus. But this is for those of you who have never committed your heart to Jesus. God brought you here for just this time. Five seconds. So on the count of three. Right? And I don't want you to wait for anybody else. Always the hardest for the first person. Right? I don't want you to wait for anybody else. I want you to stand up. Count of three. You ready? One, two, three. Stand up.
Just being focused on Jesus. Help us. 